Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jake in the Paint podcast. Today, I'm joined by a special guest. I'm at DeMatha Catholic High School, and I'm joined by Coach Mike Jones for this episode of Coach's Corner. Welcome, Coach. Thanks, Jake, for having me. Yeah, I'm um, trying to get this in the works for a while and was finally able to nail it down and get you to come on, so I'm really excited to have you. Oh, excited to be here. So first off, we're just going to talk about, I mean, you're involved in DeMatha, USA Basketball. You played at DeMatha. Tons of, tons of things we want to dive into, but I want to start with you're basically the epitome of the DeMatha guy. You played at DeMatha at one I read in an article from the Post. It was pretty interesting. November 20th, 2002, I think was the day it was published. So I'm seven months old. I'm about nine months old when this article was written. Oh, wow. And now you're still the coach at DeMatha, DeMatha Catholic. And it read that, and I just had to ask you about this story first. So it was talking about the city championship against Dunbar where you had 16 and, thir- 16 and 13. I'll give you your credit there. But it said you were called for an aggressive foul late in the game. And then later, about 30 seconds later in the article, there's a direct quote from you saying, I didn't even touch him. So clarify that disparity between the post writing it was an aggressive foul and then you saying you didn't even touch him. Well, I'm not sure that whoever wrote the article, I think it was Tark El-Bashir <laughs> who writes uh, for the Caps mm-hmm. now for the Washington Post. Uh, clearly, he wasn't at the game, <laughs> so um, I was. Uh, we needed to foul uh-huh. at the end of the game. We were losing uh, by one point, and they could have run the clock out. So mm-hmm. I fouled. Well, my intent was to foul. Yeah. Um, and I took a swipe at a guy running down the court. I literally never touched him. <laughs> the uh, classifying it as an aggressive foul is clearly by somebody that was not there. Like, it wasn't called intentional or flagrant or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was called a common foul. He went to the line shooting one-on-one, and he missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to score on the other end to win the game. So uh, I fouled out on the foul, mm-hmm. but it was not an aggressive foul by any stretch. So no offense to Tark because he's a great reporter. But, yeah, he was, uh, let's just say, misinformed <laughs> on that one. So. So glad to clear that up and get it out of the way. But that was in the city championships. Then you guys won that, beat Dunbar and to finish the season 30-0. and 0. And a common theme when I was reading throughout the article, we know Mike Jones, who the coach is, but Mike Jones, the player, seemed just, everyone said, a winner. You're, I read your freshman, you led your freshman and JV teams to both undefeated records. And then your senior year, the varsity team was undefeated. What was Mike Jones, the player, like? How, well, I don't I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask for like an NBA player comparison, but what were you like as a player back then? Uh, extremely competitive, mm-hmm. uh, and that is a trait that I have not lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't the best basketball player when I got to the math, and I yeah. truly believe in my four years of high school, I truly became a you know obviously a Division One player, a mm-hmm. player that you know eventually played and made some money yeah. uh, playing the game of basketball. But I truly learned how to play the game the right way here. Uh, from Coach Wooten and Coach Murphy and Coach Smith uh, while I was here in high school. So um, I was just extremely competitive. Uh, I learned to become a really good shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was versatile. I tried to be the best defender I could be. Um, you know, I, that's who I was. I know my going into my senior year, you know, sporting, uh, senior year of college, Sporting News comes out with the college preview, and mm-hmm. I played at Old Dominion in the CAA, and I know – like I'm proud of the fact that going into my senior year, I was named the most versatile player in our conference and the best defensive player in our conference. 
and here I'm thinking I'm the best shooter in the conference, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that or the best score. I didn't get that. I scored enough points, but I, I did all the other stuff. So then you talked about making a little bit of money playing basketball. After you were, did that, you came back to your alma mater, Damatha, and were an assistant coach under the legend Morgan Wooten. What was that like? either first coming back and following the coaching path after a lot of players are reluctant to they kind of wait till the ball really stops bouncing for Mm -hmm. them to follow this path but I read that you kind of knew that's what you wanted to get into why is that well I pretty much had kind of said and it's funny because Joe Wooten and Mm -hmm. I the head coach at O'Connell we talked about coaching together either while we were in high school or in the summers while we were in college. Mm So um, it was something that was always on my mind. I loved the game so much I knew I wanted to be involved in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So me being able to say, hey, uh, my plan is to one day be a coach, again, I thought just like everybody else that I was going to play 15, 20 years in the Mm -hmm. NBA and, you know, but, you know, that wasn't in the cards for Mm me. but I, I, I truly just loved the game and wanted to be a coach. And, you know, coaching under Coach Wooten, like where are you going to learn better yep. and learn from a more uh, accomplished person on how to do things and how mm-hmm. not to do things. So I took advantage of that. The funny thing is I actually, in the fall, uh, excuse me, summer of 1997, came, interviewed for a job here at DeMatha and had planned to, start coaching and teaching here mm-hmm. in fall of 1997. And in August, I got a call to play another contract mm-hmm. somewhere. So I basically got the job, but then had to decline it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the very next, I, I interviewed again in the fall, uh, summer of 98. And I actually got injured in that contract. And it made the decision a whole lot easier yeah. uh, because I was not going to be healthy for for a while. Mm-hmm. So, And then, so... I guess everything happens for a reason sometimes. Yes, sir. So then you, I think it's safe to say you've come a long way since 2002, the 29-year-old <laughs> yeah. interim head coach, yeah. now one of the most storied high school basketball coaches in the country. I'll give you that. I know you won't give it to yourself, yeah. but I'll put it out there. What is a guy like you love so much about the high school level of basketball that kind of – I know there are probably some colleges at some level that come calling and want you to – move up the ranks what is it about high school that you love working with not only high school basketball players but high school kids well the, 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 I think the main thing for me is I do believe that this is my purpose I think you know God mm-hmm. has blessed me with the opportunity to help mold young men mm-hmm. and mold young men that come from similar circumstances that I came from you know I was a lower middle class family you know a, a lot of the guys that we come across here you know, we're a very diverse school, but mm-hmm. I think I get to influence mm-hmm. a lot of young men um, that have aspirations to do a lot of great things mm-hmm. and need someone that has been through what they're trying to go through. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I, I, I believe this is my purpose. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very happy to be able to do the job I have. I'm blessed to have. Yeah. And I mean, and the, Coach Ferrello echoed a lot of those same thoughts when I asked him the same question last year, not only just being a basketball coach but it's more than that it's when when people are in college they have they're kind of more grown they have a lot of other things going on but they're in high school you really get to mold them as not only basketball players but people and then it's really good to hear that that's part of why you love doing the job well I mean if you look at it like this Jake you have to go to high school yeah like you know guys can go to college for a year you don't have to go to college there's just Mm -hmm. so many like 
coaching in high school, like right. these young men, like they have to be here. So I know I'm going to be exposed to a wide range of kids because they have no choice. Right. Now, they have a choice in what high school they go to. Yes, but I know I'm going to have a group of young men every year that have these goals. In college, it just it changes. Mm-hmm. Like it's a business at the high school level. Yeah. But like that's, you know, minuscule because there's so many other things going on. When you get to the college level, there's so many other factors mm-hmm. that impact your ability to affect these kids. Like the high school level where I am now is, is perfect for me. And then that's all awesome. And now on to the basketball side. If you could give a couple of things on what people should expect from this year's team, not only not to pretend I didn't get to watch them for an, for 90 minutes and hmm. talking to someone who hasn't even seen anything about this year's team, what should they expect coming into the year? Um, well, we have a chance to be really good. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just there's no other real way to describe it. Um, it depends on how hard we're going to work, how focused we and committed we can stay to who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we do those things, like we have a chance to be really good, a special team. Um, they're a group of special young men that mm-hmm. come from great families. But, you know, in our league, I'm sure we all feel like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, our goals are going to be the same. We want to win. We want to win a WCAC championship. We want to win every game we play. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this season because we have a chance to be really good. We're going to, you know, we've got Earl and mm-hmm. Hunter and Paul and Donovan and Ant that were all on our team last year mm-hmm. that have the experience. And, you know, Elijah Hawkins is moving from a sophomore to a junior. You know, he's been through the rigors with us, Tyrell Ward and Jarrell Roberson. Uh, they're moving up, you know, from freshmen to sophomores. And, like, we have a chance to be really good. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned all those, a ton of returners, but a common theme, especially it's at every level of basketball, when you lose someone who's just been a staple in your program, whether it's some LeBron leaving Cleveland or someone when Cassius Winston graduates from Michigan State this year, Justin Moore has been an absolute staple into the Matha program since he stepped foot on the campus, not only as a primary ball handler, as a scorer, whenever you needed a shot, you knew he was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I can't speak too much behind the scenes, but I'm sure he was just that constant level-headed everyone knew that like hey Justin's calm we can look towards him mm-hmm. so he just said that level-headedness about him what are one what are you going to miss most about not having Justin and two what are you encouraging your guys like Earl and Hunter to kind of step up more and fill that void so uh, that's a great question mm-hmm. uh, I think the thing that most people will notice that we'll miss is I mean literally if we needed a basket we'd give the ball to Justin mm-hmm. and Justin would get a basket. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just – and that is a rare quality. Like, I mean, it didn't matter who was guarding him, what the circumstances were. Uh, you know, Justin was going to score. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other stuff is what – like, I mean, Justin was just a great example of competitiveness mm-hmm. without being out of control, of just a passion for the game without being cocky and things like Like, Justin was just a true example. I mean, he leaves here – uh, as the all-time winningest player ever in DeMatha's history. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all the greats that have come through here, like that is one heck of a, a title to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's Mr. W here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you that, that's a pretty significant thing to have to replace, and you really can never replace that. You mm-hmm. just hope other guys just kind of step into a role. Now, the great thing is, honestly, depending upon the type of season we have, Hunter Dickinson can pass Justin mm-hmm. in all-time wins here. So – I mean, that's Paul Smith has mm-hmm. the same opportunity. So mm-hmm. these are things that, you know, you look at them and Earl's been with us for three years. 
like Justin's leadership in terms of leading by example, you know, everybody's their own person, their own player. Like I would never ask Hunter or Earl or anyone else to, hey, be Justin, like lead in your own way. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'm, I'm very happy with their leadership so far. Yep. It's like they have a, a really good grasp of who we are as a team and they're leading us in the right way. Yeah, I mean, I'll speak on that. We just watched them go up and down for about 30 minutes and it was competitive. And even my dad and I were talking just in the drills, there's a certain intensity that's just elite. Like you don't really see that around high schools anywhere. And that's what's so unique about the conference. And that's just what's special about DeMath at basketball. But going from what you said, I thought it was really interesting. You can't necessarily just replace Justin. No one can step up and fill that void. But when I was watching, you do see little bits and pieces of who he was, like that calm but fiery competitor. No one was going to – he wasn't going to back down from anyone. Like you see that Earl kind of carries that same fire. And Hunter is really striving to keep his teammates accountable. But what are you going to do as the coach like to make sure they stay? I mean, it required a couple sprints mm-hmm. whether someone get when it gets out of hand. But what are what do you think your job is as the everyday coach to make sure they, one, stay complacent and hungry and humble? Well, I think the first thing we've done is our conference, you know, speaks for itself. That yeah. doesn't change. But our schedule is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, we won't have time to not be focused. We yeah. won't have time to not all be on the same page or things can go bad really quickly. Mm -hmm. Like the schedule we'll play this year will be one of the toughest we've ever played. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just don't have the luxury of a night off or a bad day Mm -hmm. or bad practice. And, you know, I I jokingly say this, but it's not a joke. Like the more family traits go through both more boys and Jason Moore is Justin's brother Mm -hmm. and that same fiery personality, but that focus and that calm demeanor he possesses as well and he's a freshman here this yeah. year and uh you know he you know we don't know who's going to play where yet but for as long as we have Jason Moore here we'll we'll have a lot of those same qualities yeah that's definitely great to hear but and you spoke on the rigorous schedule that you guys have not only the conference day in and day out i mean teams just like Paul the 6 O'Connell Gonzaga or just teams that you guys have to play St. John's every single night whether it's at your place or at theirs, it's you know it's going to be a tough game. But the out-of-conference schedule, you guys are going to Hoop Hall this year. You were there last year, played a loaded La Lumiere team, and didn't get the result you wanted to, I'm sure. But what was that experience like going out, going up there, playing on national TV, going against the national powerhouse like La Lumiere? And even though you guys didn't get the win, how did that build off for the rest of the season? Well, I mean, it's something that, you know, here at DeMatha, we're privileged enough and blessed enough to have the opportunity to do that every year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're one of the few high schools, if not the only high school, like I believe since 2008, mm-hmm. we've pretty much played a national, nationally televised game every season, mm-hmm. um, sometimes twice. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we're, we're used to it, so to speak. Um, until the guys go through it with the bright lights and the TV timeouts and you're just looking up and you see ESPN on a mm-hmm. banner, you know, on the sideline. Uh, you don't know exactly how they're going to react. But the great thing is the fact that we've done it so many times. There's always, you would say at least half your team have already experienced that. Right. So to be able to draw on each other's experiences. But, you know, we play in Hoop Hall this year. We play Simeon. We play Rancho Christian, the number one player in the country. Mm-hmm. Simeon's going to be one of the toughest teams out of Chicago. Our Rancho is going to be ranked in the top five when the season starts. Mm-hmm. We play at Montverde on December 12th. Yeah. We play Modern Day and the Cancer Research in Wheeling, West Virginia, right after the first of the year. 
Um, you know, we our, our schedule is <laughs> not uh, is is not one that you know anybody can take lightly. And as I said, it will definitely. I mean, it'll keep our guys' attention. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, you come to the math because you want to play against the best. And you know, every year I call myself crazy for the schedule that we make, but. This is what the kids come here for, mm-hmm. and we want to put them in the best position we possibly can. Yeah, I mean, and especially now, you pretty much people of your prestige can play anyone, but it's always, do you want to go through that? Do you want to put yourself out there? So mm-hmm. when you guys obviously want to put yourself out there and you've been willing to play anyone anywhere, those come with losses when you're putting yeah. yourself out there against the best of the best. How do you make sure that the guys not, not get – is a fine line between getting complacent with a loss against a great team, but then also letting the result derail you from the process. How do you just try to strike the fine balance between, okay, we're going up against that, like a, let's say modern day or Montverde, like we know this is going to be a tough game. And even if obviously you want to win every single game, but there's things to take out, even if you don't come out on top. Yeah. I mean, well, two things, like it clearly would be easy for us to schedule to win 30 games every year. Yep. Like, we mm-hmm. don't have to play all of these tough teams. But, again, I would – like, I I want players that want to play that schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think we would have a difficult time attracting the top-level student-athletes to come here that do come here mm-hmm. if we did not play the schedule that we play. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think they kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, number one. But, number two, you know, when we play against – you know, we played IMG here uh, mm-hmm. last year in a tough game. We did not win. We play La Lumiere. Like those are the two teams that played for the national championship yep. last year. Um, we didn't win either of those games, but did we learn something about ourselves? Yes. Uh, would we have loved to have gone back and played them again a of second course. time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that you can never say about us, um, and I don't say me, I say us, is we're not going to back down. We're not going to duck any competition. Mm-hmm. We will play pretty much anybody anywhere, and I think that's been proven by the schedule we play. And again. When our kids get to college, and I can say that about D.C. area kids, Mm -hmm. I can say that about WCAC kids, but then I specifically can say it about DeMatha kids, they're ready to play at the highest levels of college basketball because they've experienced it during their high school career. Mm -hmm. There's no adjustment needed to be made uh, for the big crowds or for the hostile crowds or for the pace of the game and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of the things I'm very proud of. Yeah, I'm all that 100%. And when we were talking about Justin Moore earlier, you mentioned that he's the winningest player in program history, which is really impressive when you consider all the greats that came through. One of the greats, Victor Oladipo, all-NBA player. Um, Jerry and Grant sent out a tweet last year in the playoffs in during Game 7 when Oladipo needed a breather. You can't see me putting my air quote breather. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember exactly, but he said that, and this you're the only one that can confirm or deny this, so he said, <laughs> Vic doesn't need a breather. He ran from Upper Marlboro to DeMatha every single morning. <laughs> That's 14 miles every single day. He doesn't need a breather. How true is that story? Um, every single day, no. That, <laughs> no. Um, actually, I was one of the coaches that was, let's just say, honored with the uh, task of driving Victor <laughs> in sometimes. Uh, but Victor was not opposed to doing any and everything he could to get where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, do I know of you know him running 14 miles on 202, 301 to 202 <laughs> all the way up to Route 1? No. But if Victor needed to be at a practice and mom was at work and dad was at work, both parents very hardworking people, mm-hmm. and, you know, oh, man, coach can't pick me up. 
would it be beyond Victor just throwing his track shoes and just take off jogging? No, not at all. Like mm-hmm. he would get to wherever he needed to get. Uh, fortunately enough, his uh, circle was big enough that that did not have to happen too mm-hmm. often. Yeah, but again, that little anecdote speaks to who he is now today. And look, his rapid development in the league didn't happen by accident. It's little things like that absolutely. at Dematha that absolutely absolutely correlate to it. But I just had to put that in there and ask <laughs> you about it because I remember seeing that and be like, that's really really far. Yeah, well, and Jaron Grant, I mean, you know, we have what we call the breakfast club here now. Like, Jaron Grant is pretty much the, 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 the start of that. He and Dave Atkins, uh, mm-hmm. who used to be an assistant coach here, who's now the director of player development for the Washington Wizards, like, they started that. And I know Miss Grant would talk very often about Jaron basically coming in her bedroom at 5 a.m. in the morning and basically kind of bouncing on the edge of the bed trying to get her up so that he wouldn't be late for Coach Atkins' workout. So – um, and like just that was an era at Dematha where mm-hmm. like the hard work that you see from a lot of our guys now, not that the people before them didn't work hard, mm-hmm. but like all of the extra stuff like that really got solidified during the the Oladipo years, the Jaron Grant years, you know, guys like that. Yeah. And so then a couple years after that era, you started doing things with USA Basketball. You've been the head coach of multiple Hoop Summit teams, been – an assistant for a couple of U17 teams, and then this summer, whereas you were the head coach for the U16 team, what's that experience like? Not only doing it for, I mean, you've been the head coach at Dematha for 17, 18 years now, but when you're representing your country and you're coaching players that you might have just had two practices with, what's that experience like? Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, a truly an honor. And when I say an honor, I mean it because it's an honor for myself personally. Uh, because it's, I mean, it, it, it means a lot. It, mm-hmm. it means that you are honored and uh, tasked with working with the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an honor for my school. Like, mm-hmm. I do represent DeMatha in everything I do, and it is an honor to know that DeMatha's basketball coach gets the opportunity um, and the privilege of working with America's best. And then anytime you get to represent your country, like, it is – just an amazing feeling like I know our country gets divided on a lot of things especially Mm -hmm. these days but there's still nothing like standing on a metal stand hearing a star spangled banner being played with your hand over your heart Mm -hmm. and a gold medal around your neck Mm -hmm. like that that is an experience that I just I mean I've had it a few times now I will never forget Mm -hmm. so then speaking to that what was you were the head coach of the U16 teams this year and when you guys have the tryouts for the team, I, th- what, I think it's two, three days of, is it three days of tryouts? It depends. Um, this year, I think we went uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to cut uh, list down to 15 finalists, so from 30 to 15. And then we kept those 15 finalists uh, to get to 12 for mm-hmm. another three, four days. So when you're making those cuts, to all the listeners who ne- might not necessarily follow the junior men's national team, you're basically selecting a pool from 30 of the best basketball players in the country. Some, and I think with that age group, it's between rising sophomores and rising juniors, maybe a couple rising freshmen, I'm not sure. But what's that like? Obviously, you can't get too into all the philosophy that goes into yeah. cutting the team. But I just want to clarify for all the listeners out there that you see a lot of, why didn't he make the team? He's ranked number three. He's ranked number this. What does it go into 
like that you guys as coaches need to remind yourselves that you're making a basketball team here, not necessarily just selecting the 12 best players. Gotcha. And you just said that perfectly. So I think I want to start with this, though. It's not like I sit in a room oh, and no, say, I, yeah. hey, I want this kid, this kid, this kid, and go yeah. through 12 guys, and I say, hey, I'm going to cut everybody else. <laughs> That's not the way it happens. We have a committee right. that is at every workout um, that, you know, just they do a great job of helping us to select a team. Mm-hmm. So – um, that's first and foremost. Right. But secondly, and I, this is what all the players are told, like we do not pick the 12 best basketball players. Mm-hmm. We pick the 12 players that make the best team. And like there's no better way to phrase that. And if you know the game of basketball, you know how important that is. Yes, we could go get the 12 leading scores and just not be a very good team. Mm-hmm. Like we need guys that are willing to play USA basketball the right way and all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, Samson Coyote um, has done a great job with his vision for the junior national team program. You know, the leadership of Sean Ford, the leadership of Jim Tooley, um, Coach Showalter just being yep. a tremendous resource. I mean, he's Mr. Perfect is what the FIBA uh, organization call him because he's never lost a game. Like, I mean, he's been perfect literally mm-hmm in FIBA basketball. So the, the fact that we have all of those great examples and great leaders with us um, going to pick these teams, yeah. um, it makes it a lot easier. And honestly, just the culture of USA basketball, any young man that walks into that, like you are basically putting any ego aside. Like mm-hmm. We talk about player DNA with them. There's a coach's DNA with it too, but the players are, like they have to be smart. Yeah, They have to be, uh, hard workers they have to be resilient they have to have a great iq they have to be versatile um you know and we kind of go through that with them so they know exactly what it is that we're looking for yeah i mean those all great points not only i think all the listeners are going to hear that but i wanted to hear that just really curious about what goes into that process but the interesting thing i always think about with the u16 kids is that's often well maybe if you take out like the mini camps, those are those kids' first experiences wearing the USA uniform. Maybe if you're coaching the the Hoop Summit, guys have been through it before. They've Mm -hmm. traveled around the world. They know what it feels like to play the USA. They know what it feels like to hold the FIBA ball. They know what it it sounds like to hear the FIBA horn. Like all these different nuances that maybe that you're dealing with as coaching the U16 kids, it's their first experience at that. Mm So can you kind of speak on, not necessarily, I don't want to say struggles, but like the differences when dealing with kids (laughs) <laughs> at the U16 level wow. compared to when you're coaching like the Hoop Summit, for yeah. example. So uh, a couple of things. Like I think it, it, it just I would be mistaken if I didn't mention. Like there's a lot of really, really good players that mm-hmm. don't make the team. Yeah. And it's not like there's so many guys that haven't made the team in the past and have gone on to have great careers or have currently having great careers. So not making a team doesn't mean, oh, my gosh, you're not one of the best. It just means you didn't fit that team that year. Um, You know, we're proud of the fact that there's never been a U16, U17 team that's had all the same players. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you're talking about 16-year-olds. Sometimes their first uh, experience, you know, some of them are just finishing their freshman year in high school. Like, there's so much growth, so much change that can happen, Mm -hmm. you know, between trying out for a U16 team to then trying out for a U17 team. Um, I believe the most that has ever made it from one year to the next is seven. Wow. Like, so there's at least five changes that you would almost say at this point, you know, after five cycles should be expected. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's no guarantees, you know, guys have to get better. You have to keep working and 
Some guys grow. Like I, I use Justice Winslow as a great example. Um, Justice Winslow came to an October mini camp. I guess this had to be in fall of 2010, mm-hmm. the second cycle of USA's new model of U16, U17. Mm-hmm. And let's just say he didn't perform well. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't even invited to try out for the U16 team the following spring, like not even invited. He wasn't invited to the fall mini camp in uh, fall of 2011. And then he had such a good season that we invited him to try out for the U17 team. He makes the team and then literally is like all world mm-hmm. at the U17 level, a kid that 18 months before we didn't wow. even think was good enough to be invited back to try out. And then obviously goes on to Duke, has a great career, mm-hmm. and just signed a huge contract with the Miami Heat and loving life. So um, that sometimes it's motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, Theo Pinson was the number one player in the country the first time he played with USA Basketball. He got cut from the U17 team, that same cycle that Justice Winslow made. Theo Pinson's an NBA player now. Theo Pinson won a national championship at Carolina. Like, there's so many ways that this can go. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Jackson didn't make it at the U16 level. Excuse me, made it at the U16 level, did not make it at the U17 level. Mm-hmm. Lottery pick for the Sacramento Kings. Like, yeah. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Like, it's there's no correct formula. Things change. Um, it's great to be a part of that process to see young men and Sometimes how they handle disappointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing. This is the last point I want to make about USA Basketball. Just the part that I've always admired is, like you said, there's no guarantees. Just because you made the team one year doesn't mean you're going to make the team the next year. And just because you have five stars to your name, that doesn't mean anything when you go to Colorado Springs. And it really, like, some people on the outside, they it might seem like, oh, USA Basketball, like, I don't want to say favorites, but, like, has their guys that kind of stick within the program. But to me, when you look at, what types of players those guys are, they're winning players. And they have a long tenure with USA Basketball for a reason. None of this happens by accident. And I've always just – I'm watching more FIBA film than ever scouting for the draft. And every time USA plays, it's not just we roll the ball out and we play. And yeah. we could definitely do that based on the talent we have compared to around the world. But I think it's just – it's a good look for the country and it's a great testament to USA Basketball as the program that – we are the, some of the most well-coached team. We run great sets. We play team basketball. And you don't just roll the ball out and say, go win with talent and go I mean, get yours. To be honest with you, if we just rolled the ball out, we wouldn't win. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if everybody understands that. Yes, we're – our 1 through 12, they're all great basketball players. Some other countries, 1 through 12, no. Like maybe 1 through 4, maybe mm-hmm. 1 through 6. Yeah. And one of the things that really helps us is our depth. Mm-hmm. Like when we go to our bench, there is no drop off. When other countries go to their bench, there is. Um, and But those other countries are really well coached too. Those yeah. other countries yep. have really tough players too. Like, you know, you think of it like, well, hey, this kid's from D.C. or this kid's from Detroit or Chicago. and Those are tough areas to grow up playing basketball. But every country has that. Yeah. Turkey has that. Mm-hmm. France has that. Spain has that. So these kids that play for those teams also come from tough neighborhoods mm-hmm. where – you know, basketball is the big thing there. So, you know, you look at that, and then I do want to make one note. Like, so I, I've been fortunate. The difference between coaching the national team and coaching the Hoop Summit team mm-hmm. is a huge difference. Yeah. Like we get, you know, I believe I had 20 practice plans before we played our first game last year with the U16 team. Right. The Hoop Summit, you get four practices, mm-hmm. maybe. 
Um, and if travel goes wrong, then you know, you're stuck to maybe one day of preparation. Mm-hmm. And you're playing against a world team that's had a full week together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's not easy. I remember the last time I coached that we lost. Uh, Tyler Hero was on my team. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, Tyler's a great player, lottery pick, going to have a great NBA career. And I, I kind of laughed because after the game, we didn't win. And someone that was a fan of Tyler comes up to me after the game and totally took my comment wrong. So basically he was asking me, why didn't Tyler play more than he did? Mm -hmm. And my response was, well, I I was trying to win. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mean that Tyler wouldn't give us a chance to win, but it's not an all-star game. Yeah. And I don't think people understand that. Yes, this is a team of all-stars, but this is not an all-star game. We want to win the game. Mm -hmm. So this is not a situation where, hey, we're going to play this five for this six minutes and then this five for this six minutes and just rotate it and everybody plays the same amount. And wrong or right, like my job was to try to win the game. Mm -hmm. And Tyler not playing as much had nothing to do with him per se, it was just, hey, I'm going with this because, you know, Darius Garland started to play really well. Mm -hmm. Quentin Grimes was our best defender. You know, playing against who we were playing against, like it just, like I I felt like those guys needed to be on the floor. So I bring that up just to say, clearly that's a very tough Mm -hmm. uh, circumstance to get prepared for that. And, you know, every year we go through it, you know, our team, you know, was fortunate enough to win this year. You know, mm-hmm. Scott Fitch from New York coached the team. Cole Anthony and Nico Mannion went back and forth the mm-hmm. whole game. And the U.S. team, you know, they were able to hold on to win. And that will continue to be. But there's players like Tyler Harrow mm-hmm. that yep. go through. Like Justin Moore didn't play at all in the second half mm-hmm. of the Hoop Summit this past year. Like, it, it happens. But that there's no indication of who they are as a player. It's just the circumstance. Right. Just like they're going to be – at their big-time colleges and maybe not play every single minute they want to or if they're fortunate enough to play beyond, there will be plenty of times that that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I think you hit the nail on the head with the Hoop Summit, and I think that's what I've always loved about it too. It's it's on the all-star circuit, yeah, but it's not an all-star game. It's right. real basketball, and people are trying to win, and I always thought it was cool because you're, represent, you're representing – it's not the McDonald's game where it's east and west, like – it's your country, and, and you're not going to just go out there and not compete when you're yeah. wearing Team USA across your chest. you can go ask 100 people who won the McDonald's game last year, and I'm pretty I mean, confident. I couldn't not, tell. I couldn't tell you for whatever it's people, worth. But if you ask who won the Hoop Summit game, mm-hmm. people know whether the U.S. team won or the World team won. Yeah. Like it, that is something that you keep. Like before that game starts, hey, the U.S. team has this many wins versus this yeah. many losses. Like yeah. no one does that with the East or West team. Yeah. Like the East or West, you can live in L.A. and be on the East <laughs> team. Like so, yeah. And then so basically you rattled off – you were just na- naming names who were in the Hoop Summit and you rattled two lottery picks, Darius Garland and Tyler Hero. I can imagine – and we talked about Justice Winslow earlier. And I'm going to end – this is going to be my final question for you. I know it's going to be a really tough one. So I'll say three names. But who are just <laughs> three people across your entire anything of basketball, USA, DeMatha, that you're just like, man, like it's going to be really tough game planning against this guy. He just dices you up in his very own so way. So not a DeMatha player. Not a, not a DeMatha player. So someone I played against. So someone you had to coached get against. coached against. Sheesh. Uh, yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. Um <laughs> 
uh, I, the the easy answer I'll just go with the first names that pop to my yeah. pop in my mind. If we were to sit here long enough, I'm sure I could give you probably 30 names. Scotty Reynolds mm-hmm. played at Herndon High School. Uh, played at Villanova. Yeah. Played a little bit overseas afterwards. Scotty Reynolds was one of the best scores in the D.C. Maryland area, D.C. Maryland Virginia area. Um, he was tough. We played him once his junior year, once his senior year, and like he was just very difficult to stop. Mm-hmm. I believe his senior year he scored forty something against us. We won both games, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he was tough. He was really tough and. Anytime he was on the court, like his team had a chance to win because he could just score against anybody. I mean, he single-handedly beat Modern Day down at the Beach Ball Classic uh, his senior year, and Modern Day was like number three in the country mm-hmm. at the time. And they just like no matter what, you just couldn't stop him. Yeah. Uh, Chris Wright played at St. Mm-hmm. John's, um, played at Georgetown again, still playing overseas now. Um, we never lost to him, <laughs> um, but. I can tell you I had probably a pretty sleepless night <laughs> every night before we played him. Um, and we had a great team mm-hmm. the years we played against him, but he just, I mean, he was just that good and mm-hmm. we had to worry. You know, he could go off from, you know, from the perimeter. He can get to the basket when he wanted to. Uh, he had enough players around him that he can make plays for others. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a very talented young man. Um, and then after that, there's so many. There's Ian Hummer at Gonzaga. There's Dave Neal at uh, O'Connell. There's you know Pat Holloway at Paul the Six. Mm-hmm. Like you know Rashard Wack and uh, Marcus Thornton at McNamara. Like just guys that no matter how good your defense was, they could put the ball in the hole. They were mm-hmm. bona fide uh, bucket getters, as we call them. And so I mean, I could I could keep going. You know, we played. Uh, 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 my man that just played for Auburn last year uh, from Georgia. Jared Harper. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Played him in high school. Yeah. And he had th- three or four other big-time Division One players on his team when we played them uh, uh, down in uh, Georgia. We've played, you know, we played R.J. Barrett mm-hmm. when he was a freshman and when he was a senior um, or junior and upclassed. Uh, and, you know, he didn't do much of against us as a freshman, but – was you know obviously the best player in the country as a senior. Mm-hmm. Played Lance Stevenson in high school. Yeah. We played Dewan Blair. We, I mean, we've, we don't duck competition, mm-hmm. so we played against the best of the best. Isaiah Stewart and Keon Brooks last yep. year were great, but the point guard is the one that really killed us. So yeah. I mean it's yep. it's, I mean it, yeah. We played against some great players and some great teams. Well, I mean, you probably just rattle off names for two minutes straight. So if people didn't believe you when you said you don't duck, duck competition before, I, they better believe you after yeah, that. they better. And <laughs> all right, thank you so much for joining me, Coach. I'm glad we could do this. And thank you guys for all tuning in. Be sure to keep up with all my content by Twitter, at Jake in the Paint, on Instagram, at Jake in the Paint underscore, and JakeInThePaint.com. Thank you for tuning in, and look out for the next podcast.